We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice. There will definitely be some unabashed homerism uh, by the one, the only Matt Wispay. You can find him over on Twitter at Wispy the Kid. I am your host, Stefan Laco. You can find me on Twitter at Stefan Laco. Merry Christmas, buddy. We did it. We're almost at the new year. We are recording on December 28th, um, just in time for all the bull games that we didn't talk about last time. Uh, we will be hitting those very soon. I'm excited to talk about some of those. Uh, of course, we're going to give you all of our best bets. No DFS, of course. Uh, no Debbie talk. Just getting into the bets. How are you doing, Matt? How was your Christmas? Uh, it was good. I uh, had some family over at my sister's house. We went all over and hung out over there for a little bit. It was nice. And uh, I got. I cared about literally getting one present because it was the only thing I asked for from anybody. There you go. And I got it. So yeah. good Christmas. <laughs> And I, I think I won the presents against yes. my wife, um, which it's typically like she wins because of like she actually puts some thought into them and like gives the creative thing. And it's like, OK, she wins out of thoughtfulness, even if I right. outspend her. No, no, no. I did some spending. So she got two things that were fairly expensive and then two things that were inexpensive. You know, little like Tervis mugs, the little like gla- the little like plastic yeah. cups or whatever that are like 24 ounces or whatever. And you, they have like cool designs on them. I got two of those made with pictures Perfect. of my son on them so she can take them with her to That's work. Great. Yeah. That one. That wins, that wins Christmas for sure. Perfect. Um, yeah. Christmas was, it was the first year, like since like being not with my ex and I did Christmas with her and her family. So it was, you know, shades of awkward at times, but that's okay. I can say all this because I know none of them listen to the podcast anyway. So we're good to go. Uh, no, it, it, it was fine. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I hope y'all are having a lovely afternoon. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump into some of these bowl games. Uh, let's start out. We're, we're just going to go through them all kind of in um, chronological order. We will only tell you, like, we'll give you our leans, but uh, we'll definitely let, let you know where we have best bets and the units and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. You skipped something okay. very important I'm sorry. to my heart. It's the cl- cliche oh, question. I didn't know we were doing that. Which are... Are opt-outs ruining the sport of college football? Only only if you no. care about bowl games. Like I so I, I put this out on Twitter this morning because I, as an Ohio State fan, sorry, I'll make this brief, but I put this on Twitter this morning because Ohio State fans are spoiled because we haven't really ever been affected by opt-outs in bowl games because we're usually playing in games that have ramifications. So the fans all of a sudden see Chris Alave. Garrett Wilson, Haskell Garrett, and Nicholas Petit Freer opted out and started questioning whether or not Ryan Day had the culture oh in the God. right place. And I sit here and I go, I mean, is this a joke? If anything, these are right. good things. Like, I love watching Chris Alave. I love watching Garrett Wilson. They definitely affect or help Ohio State's chances of winning games. I also am very happy to see... Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Agbuka and Julian Fleming get actual meaningful game reps against a quality opponent rather than their first time getting meaningful game reps being the first yeah. game next fall. Um, I, I, Fans, I understand everyone wants to see their favorite players play, and believe me, I do too. But when it's a bowl game that they get nothing from, it's not going to affect their draft stock, probably. Not them. Yeah, not those Sit guys, out. for sure. I mean, if you are if you already have a pretty set-in-stone draft stock, whether it be first round, whether it be fourth round, whether it be I'm going to get drafted but not high, my only chance is to do it at the Combine, there's no need for you to put yourself at risk. We all saw the Jalen Smith injury. We all saw Jake Butt go from a fringe first-round pick to a third-round pick and basically bounce around the NFL because of it. Are you talking about the like, tight end? That played for Denver for a while. Yeah, yeah. 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 He did, and he, he went to Michigan, right. and he blew out his knee yeah. in the bowl game. He was a fringe. Like, there are all these good players out there that, like, just make this decision to go play in the bowl game, and it's, it to be honest, it's a, semi, it's a fairly unnecessary Absolutely. risk for them because they're, what is the purpose of, like, what do they gain out of being at this, uh, and I, people hate when you call it this, but this exhibition game. Um too bad like that's what it is it's an exhibition so that was it I, that was my cliche if people haven't figured this out cliche question of the week is matt wants to rant about something so that was matt's rant Perfect. of the week so let's let's jump the into pinstripe bowl? uh the pinstripe bowl with uh maryland and virginia tech i do not have a play on this Me game neither. um currently my lean yeah where where, where would you lean on this uh, one it's minus three and a half. Uh, my Maryland lean is where I, what I'm seeing. Yes, I'm seeing that as well. Um, no major um, outs other than Braxton Burmeister. And I guess if you're a believer, oh, and Tavian Robinson. But again, neither one of these two guys are major ones. Uh, Burmeister's big enough. You probably adjust them down a couple of points. I probably just take, I lay the points with Maryland and hope that Virginia Tech is kind of a mess. Um, yeah, this opened at Maryland plus three and it's now at minus three and a half. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Burmeister news is really the big push here. They are missing. They're missing. They're um, out trade. They're out there wide receiver Trey Turner, who um, I had in a bunch of C to C leagues, and he didn't help me at all this year anyway. So I don't know how big of a loss that is. Well, I mean, well, I I think it's a. I I think they're they're missing enough key components to this team that the lean would be on Maryland because if you think Maryland's going to win, they're probably going to cover this game. I doubt they're going to win it by a field goal. So. That's where I would be. Honestly, I maybe the over if you can get it at a good number. Um, I don't. I think fifty five is an okay spot. It's down at fifty four. Uh, let me and a see. Half, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't hate the over at fifty four and a half, but I probably would be a little spooked, regardless. But that's that's really it. I, I like I said, it's it's really yeah. a lean. I'm not. None of us have plays on, on that. All right, let's one. move on to the Cheese It Bowl. Um, Five five forty five Eastern time. We got Clemson minus one and a half. Nope, minus two and a half most places now. That line has moved a little bit. The over under in this game sitting right around forty-four. Uh do you have a play on this, an official podcast play on this game? I don't have I don't a play. <laughs> I don't either. Um I like I, I would say my numbers really heavily like Iowa even with Brees Hall being out um and that's adjusting I adjusted Iowa State down seven points for Brees Hall being out but I also knocked down Clemson um how much did I put Clemson I put Clemson down a fair amount as well uh I put Clemson down Jesus uh I had Clemson adjusted down three points for the loss of their two coordinators and a whole bunch of wide receivers um so I pro I if I were going to make a play on this one and I did consider this one a lot actually it would be on Iowa State. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I'd even look at the under. I think this might be, just be a low scoring game, even at forty four. If you can get if you can find anything better than forty four, it's probably worthwhile to jump on. Um, on the under, I just these teams aren't going to score very much. Neither one of them has a lot. You can get forty four and a half at a couple places. Honestly, Georgia's, I mean, Clemson's defense is absurd and their offense is pretty bad, um, particularly in its current level. And it, it's, you're basically betting on Will Shipley to have an absurd game if you're thinking it's going to go over. So since I don't think that would happen, I would be on the under and I would probably take Iowa State. But both of those are leans. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's significant. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the coaching changes at, Sorry, I didn't say my sentence. I just thought it. I think the coaching changes of Rick Clemson are pretty significant. Um, more significant than Brees Hall being out, believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, I don't have an official play on that. Let's go over to the next game where I do have an official play. Um, and the Alamo Bowl, we've got the Sooners of Oklahoma against the Ducks of Oregon. The line um, that I have been looking at right here um, is between six and a half and seven, depending on your book and the total is right at 60 or 60 and a half. So everyone knows that I'm a huge Oregon Ducks fan. Um, because of that, I follow a lot of their beat writers. So one of their guys, they, they, they're off their contributor from contributor from 247 Sports is this guy by the name of Matt Prem, who's a, a really great follow on Twitter if you're a Ducks fan, by the way. Um, and he, he, he noted that um, there was 31 players that were not at practice, who did not practice 
um, this week for the bowl game, um, uh, either because of opt outs, injuries, COVID, um, the draft players, like significant players like um, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, DJ James. Some of these guys you might not know of if you don't follow them close, closely, but I mean, I think everyone knows who um, uh, Kevon Thibodeau and Michael Wright are. They're, they're both two of the best defensive players in the country, and they're going to be out. They're gonna, the, the Ducks are going to be without all of their starting wide receivers, half of their defensive backfield, um, like their corners and safeties, a couple linebackers, a couple defensive linemen. All that being said, I'm taking Oklahoma minus six and a half over on DraftKings at minus 115. Uh, yeah, the the Sooners are out a couple players as well, but not nearly the amount that we're seeing uh, here with Oregon. I and I, I also think Oregon um, is going to be in a bit of a dogfight here. I, I also lean under in this game. Um, I just don't think either team's really going to be able to put up a bunch of points. Uh, where where are you on this one? What are your thoughts? I hadn't adjusted Oregon for the the number of players being out yet um knowing how significant that is i'd have to knock them down honestly somewhere in the rain and i mean to be honest we also didn't mention they're not gonna have their head coach or their offensive coordinator um, who is i mean they're this is a team going in there very skeleton staff so i mean for what it's worth so is oklahoma um man this game looks so much fun when it first came out um yeah, I, I think I'd probably end up taking um I'd probably lean Oklahoma as well. I don't feel great about it though. I already adjusted Oklahoma down a bit. I just adjusted Oregon. It would basically be a pass game for me, but I probably would be with you at six and a half. I would take um Oklahoma at seven. I'm probably Yeah, and sure I should pass. say I feel so confident on this. I actually do have two units on Oklahoma minus six and a half in this game. Um, Caleb Williams, you did talk yeah, me out. Of Caleb this Williams is supposed to play. I, I just see this one being a fairly comfortable win for Oklahoma. I mean, we, we saw what happened, uh, against, uh, to, to Oregon when they played Utah in those, those two out of those three weeks there in a row, they just couldn't get going on offense. And without Joe Moorhead calling the plays, uh, we have, uh, I shouldn't say we, the ducks have, um, Brian McClendon, who is their passing game and wide receivers coach. Um, kind of calling the plays and and being the head coach. I don't think that's a very good. I don't think that's a very good uh, situation to be in for this Ducks. I mean, you all saw what their passing game looked like this year. It was pretty much non-existent. Their only explosive and exciting wide receiver was Devin Williams. He's already opted out for the draft, which you know he's a sophomore. I don't. Know. I, I thought that was weird. I thought it was weird that he declared. Uh, he's a sophomore, um, uh, like a redshirt sophomore, obviously, but. Um, he's coming out for the draft. I don't think he's going to get much draft capitals. I don't know what he's thinking, but anyway, um, that that's my play on this one. I, we've probably spent too much time on this. Let's move on to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, December thirtieth. We've got North Carolina. Who's getting a Mayo? Oh, match? that's so gross. Um, it's disgusting, and yet, of course, we can't take our eyes off that shit. Um, right now, the the line opened at like North Carolina minus five. It's now minus nine and a half. Uh, the total on this game is right around 57 and a half, 58. I think you have a play on this, don't you, Matt? I do not. I do have a play on this game. My numbers pretty dramatically scream at me to take North Carolina. Um, 
We're two days out. We have no news that Sam Howell is going to sit out this game. Under the assumption that Sam Howell is not going to sit out this game, I don't see a way that North Carolina does not win this game by at least nine and a half points. Um, <clears throat> South Carolina was one of those teams that overperformed everything, all the expectations this year, and they're, I would say they're pretty decent. Um, but South Carolina is playing without Jason Brown, who I guess had mixed in a little bit of time with uh, as the starting player this year, or as the starting quarterback this year. Um, Noland was the, was, I believe he was the graduate assistant who joined before week one and started for them. Um, and he is likely going to be the start in this game for them. I just, I don't know. I have, I don't have high expectations for this South Carolina team and at close to full strength, um, only missing, uh, one defensive back and a linebacker who was a primarily a backup. North Carolina just is a pretty dramatically better team to me. So I'm going to take the Tar Heels minus nine and a half for one unit. You can find that over on DraftKings. It's also pretty much everywhere. It's something that definitely makes a lot of sense when you really look at what's at risk and all that. But I'm here for this team, Howell said. And I just feel like as a quarterback of this team and as a leader of this team, it's just not the right thing to opt out. Even if it is the best decision for my career to opt out of this game, it's not about me. People could say I'm in a position where I can be selfish and make that decision, but that's not who I am. Sam fucking Howell is playing this game. I like your pick, Matthew. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just did um, some, some research. I have no idea what you just said about this game because I was making sure it was a legit quote from Sam Howell, but uh, that's what I found. So um, all that to say, Sam Howell is playing. I like your minus nine and a half, if that's what you got it out. Uh, looks like nine and a half is, is the best number. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't really have okay. any other thoughts. Rivalry game in a uh, bowl game is, yeah, seems like a lot of sure. fun. Or should be a rivalry got, game. Um, yep. Music City Tennessee, bowl. Um, Tennessee. What, minus six. That's and the total in this game is 64 and a half all the way up to 65 and a half. I was leaning. I was, I had a Purdue uh, plus six lean on this game. I uh, did not make it a best bet, but uh, I just felt like it, was, it might be too many points. I'm also not, but I've never been a huge Tennessee backer this year. Uh, they're out they're They're missing their most explosive um, running back, but of course, Purdue's out David Bell, which is a big deal. So um, do you have a play on this one? And George Carlos. Oh, right. Yeah. Honestly, oh, I would that, say that actually, that's Carlofis a big deal. I probably would lean Bell. Tennessee minus six, actually. Uh, I would say Tennessee's a team that's done very well in my numbers all year, largely because their offense is just yeah. bananas. Um, if you're going to adjust for Purdue missing arguably their two right. most talented players, I think you could legitimately make a case to drop them down anywhere between three four and six I was going to say four. So yeah, um, that sounds right to me. Um, and I basically wouldn't adjust for Tyon Evans. I know that sounds crazy to people that you don't adjust for the leading running back, but I basically don't adjust for running backs. I mean, unless they're um, like, so I would special I'd, like, unless, well, unless it's Brees Hall and the offense is 80%. Yeah, or, Brees Hall. or if it's like, like a Trevion Henderson, if you didn't have any decent backups, <laughs> no. like, 
I mean, that's the thing is like the only way you do it is if it's that type of offense. Like maybe if Bijan's out, I'm adjusting a point, maybe two, but that's that's about it. Um, yeah, I would take Tennessee to the point where I'm really considering it, adding them on here. I'm actually going to do a half unit down on this now that I'm thinking about it. I'm going to adjust one of my numbers or one of my plays, and I'm going to do a half unit down on um, Tennessee minus five and a half, which you can find over at FanDuel, I believe. Yes, FanDuel has it yep. over there. Minus at 114. Minus Actually, Caesars has it at minus 110. Yep. Why don't you go ahead and grab that? Perfect. Give you, give you we'll those four cents, Caesars. Perfect. Cool. Thank Let's you. move on. We've got um, a, another game that, uh, when I first saw it, was pretty exciting to me. We got Michigan State um, versus Pitt in the Peach Bowl. Uh, the reason I was excited for this is obviously like two kind of dark horses for the Heisman at one point. You know, Kenny Pickett versus Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, the line on this one, I mean, the total on this one is hovering around fifty-six. And the the Spartans are favored by between two and a half and three. Um, I was really excited about this game. I actually bet this game really early in uh, in a bit of passion, uh, took the over. But I'm actually uh, with this Kenny Pickett news. Like Kenny Pickett is sitting out. Um, Pitt's offensive coordinator isn't going to be there. One of Pitt's better wide receivers isn't going to be there. Of course, Kenneth Walker already. Um, uh, opted out and Jalen Naylor might be opting out. So uh, with all that being said, I went ahead and switched my pick. I'm putting one unit on under 56 and a half, which you can find on DraftKings at minus 120. I think that I don't, I think Kenny Pickett makes a big deal for the total in this game. I have no idea who ends up winning this game. If that one's too hard for me to see, I would lean Michigan state in this one. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'd rather just play the total and kind of assume that neither of these teams really uh, gets up and down the field all that quickly. And we, we maybe see a, a slower uh, slower pace of play for Pitt with with uh, Whipple being gone. But uh, my official play is going to be under 56 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can argue. That's an under. I think you're never, right. You'll never argue with an yeah, under. I mean, I mean, everyone knows me. <laughs> I love unders. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the I, I think it, one of the under talked about things from this offseason is going to be how Pitt adjusts next season with Mark Whipple mm-hmm. being gone. Um, they had a huge shift this year from being one of the worst offenses in the country um, to one of the best. And while I do think Kenny Pickett is good, um, I think there was a schematic change and that makes a difference. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this play. I'm not I'm not going to make you one of my official yeah. plays though. Thank but you. I support Thank you. you. Um, you know where we should go? We should go to the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, Wisconsin is minus six. Uh, at uh, again at silly me thinking that it's a <laughs> home game. Um, against Arizona State, uh, totals around forty one and a half. Um, you can get that. Yeah, it's pretty much minus six across the board for wisconsin and it's you can get ranging from 42 to 41 on totals do you have a play because i don't but i would in before i say anything i would lean lean arizona state so i'm actually my i do have one unit on wisconsin minus six um again we were just talking about running backs maybe not being all that important but arizona state is going to be without rashad white and diamante trainum 
So their two top running backs are both gone. They are going to be... I'm sorry, you mentioned a linebacker there? What? Diamante oh. Trainum. He's a linebacker. His future, his future might be linebacking. No, Rashad White it and Trainum, um, both out for this game. Uh, Arizona State also out a couple of their defensive backs and linebackers. So I think uh, Wisconsin's defense is going to be able to shut down this Arizona State team. Pac-12 in general doesn't do. Uh, this is off the top of my head, but they don't do great in bowl games. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, I think Wisconsin's just a much better team. I think they get out on top of this fairly easily. Um, very few opt-outs that we know of yet. Again, this game, oh, it's only in two days, so we should be fine. Uh, but yeah, I think Wisconsin minus six is pretty safe. I'm with you on this play. Um, I, I would. I, <clears throat> my numbers have liked Arizona State all year. Um, to be honest, the reason I don't care about Rashad White and Trainum being out is effectively because <laughs> I don't think they were going to have a lot of success. I, well, I don't think they're going to run the ball very much anyway against Wisconsin. So I think that if they are going to find any success on the ground, it's going to be Daniels basically having a play where it breaks down and he pay, runs for yards. So it's they're not really missing any key wide receivers. I know Johnny Wilson. Um, I know he just he went into the portal and he just committed to Florida State. So that's one that's not listed on this um as well but he wasn't really getting any significant time so um yeah i mean i don't know i i probably wouldn't adjust this much this one was listed as a pass for me um i still think i i have wisconsin winning but not okay. by six yeah fair, so fair all right yeah baby the gator bowl i so how happy are you to see rutgers yeah. step up when Texas A&M drops out. And to be fair, they apparently had 38 players available, including like 13 players on defense. Um, that would have changed, wouldn't it have, with this new COVID? Nah, well, let's not get into it. Who fucking cares? They didn't probably, know that time, but I also so. think that they yeah, didn't want to play this yeah. game. Um, so how happy, I mean, for me, nothing is funnier than Greg Schiano saying, what we can play another game? Yeah. Everyone come this. back. Um, Cancel Christmas for you have got no plans on Christmas except practicing. Get your ass back into New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it makes me happy to see it, but I do need to rem- think people need to remember Rutgers is not no. a very good team. Um, they're probably not in a good way in this game. Um, I would be very afraid of backing. Why are my numbers so wonky on this game? Um, backing uh, Rutgers here, even if you really like backing dogs. Yeah, I actually do have but, an official yeah, play like I, on this. Um, and I'm going to let you say that because I got to double check. Some I numbers. actually just so. So this game is not available at every sports book. I just jumped real quick. I had it at uh, I was going to take it at minus 15 and a half over on FanDuel, but I just checked. Uh, DraftKings has it at minus 14 and a half at minus 110. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I'm putting two units on it. I really like, I think it's great that Rutgers decided to play this game and like is, is going out there and, and giving Wake Forest uh, the opportunity to participate in the bowl that they earned with their play on the field. Uh, but I think Wake Forest is going to crush them. I also looked at maybe playing um, the Wake team total. Uh, but it's at 38 and a half. 
Uh, so I just decided to go just with the 14 and a half on the spread. Um, and I'm going to play that, like I said, over at DraftKings. Uh, minus one, what did I say it was? Uh, minus 110. It's yeah, 110 and a half. I'm looking at um, it right now. I, I, I love this play. Two units on it. Um, my favorite, one of my, my second favorite play of the, of the bull. Whatever you call it. Season? Bowl yeah, season? I, yeah. I am a big fan of that one as well. Um, you tempted to throw a unit on it? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking them. Uh, I don't know why. What, what are your so, water? What, so, what are your numbers telling you? No, no, no. This isn't. I so I full disclosure. I, when I go and like pull my like spreadsheet together, I pull my numbers off of Action Network's thing, and their numbers they have listed are just objectively wrong. I don't know where something must be wrong with their algorithm right now because it. On their main odds page, it had Rutgers minus three. Oh, yeah. That's definitely um, wrong. Which just was bananas. So I went and double checked because it has consensus minus 14 and a half, but then on the actual individual ones. So that was weird. Um, I am going to make a, a late switch to one of my picks, and I'm trying to figure out where on a game that got swapped in because I really want to bet a Mac team. I'm just checking some lines um, here to see um, if that minus 14 and a half, it's pretty much available. Um, I, I, I checked uh, BetMGM; It's there as well. Um, so yeah, it's definitely out there. I think that's, the, I think I would say, I think that's the the number yep. at this point. Cool. Um, let's shall we move so, on past the, the Gator bowl and let's <laughs> Tony, the tiger sun bowl, December 31st. Uh, we've got Washington state first, Central Michigan. Is this game still happening? Bluetooth disconnect. Bluetooth connected. Um, so I was really happy to see this game happen. One, because uh, it made me giggle that the one of the games that got canceled was the Arizona or the Barstool Arizona Bowl. Um, because I don't really like Barstool very oh, much. Nice. Um, so watching them have a struggle made me giggle. Uh, I like Central Michigan. Um, is this the one that I'm is going this to the take one that Central you Michigan. just shifted? This is the one I just jumped in on because I saw the line pop up on DraftKings. Now you can get them catching seven and a half points. Um, they do have to travel across whatever, a lot of time, uh, they have to do some travel before this, but I'm okay with that. Um, I'm going to take them because my numbers suggest that this game should be like a field goal. And that's kind of in my sweet spot range where I like to make plays in that four point range. So I'm going to take central Michigan catching seven and a half points um, over on DraftKings at minus minus one ten, And I'm going to do it for half a unit because yeah. I'm a coward. Max Borgie um, is out this game, by the way. Um, I know that changes a lot for me. Does it really? No, I know. I, that's back. what I was like. I thought you just said anyway. Uh, I my lean on this one would be over 57, um, but it's not an official play for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, we just got to the fun Yeah, games. buddy. Let's do it. We've got... Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, that this game is going to be at 1.30 in the afternoon on Friday um, for me and Mountain Time. But we've got the Cotton Bowl playoff, the first playoff game. We've got Alabama, uh, which is pretty much minus 13 and a half everywhere now. Um, and the total hovering around 57. I do have an official play on this. You do as well. So why don't you go first? So mine is a numbers play. <clears throat> and it's sort of a stylistic one. I think Cincinnati's goal is to grind and stay close in this one. My fear with Cincinnati is that they won't really be able to score. But I do think that they will actually have a little more success containing Jamison Williams than Georgia did. And without John Mechie, who does suck, um, <laughs> just to be clear, John Mechie sucks. Um, I haven't clipped it yet, buddy, but it's coming. When you least, John Mechie least sucks. expect it. So what we're talking about, we did this C2C um, show with Matt the other day, and he was uh, a, a proponent. Offered an opportunity to veto him in favor of Carson Strong. He wanted John Mechie to be drafted in the second round of rookie of a rookie draft next year. Anyway, let's continue. Um, so you're you're pulling you're you're backing okay, so John pl- Cincinnati sucks. plus thirteen and a half is your official play. So I'm taking the points in large part because I do think Cincinnati's a little bit undervalued here. I think that yeah, to be honest, if you want to back Cincinnati, wait until day of because I think this number is going to go up. I think that Vegas is trying to avoid a little bit of liability and not take a go cross a key number. Um, if it crosses to like 14 and a half, um, I like it even more. But I do think Cincinnati keeps this game closer than people think. To be honest with you, Alabama was not a good team all year. They had a lot of question marks, including along their offensive line. And while I do think that they showed a little more offensive explosiveness than they had all year with that game against Georgia, I I just think that Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner are a little more equipped to cover Jamison Williams than Georgia's mixed bag of uh, secondary, which actually had been a semi-untested for the better part of the year. So give me the Bearcats and the points, but I'm this is why I'm a coward. I'm, I'm only putting a half yeah, unit. Yeah, I've now. got a half unit on the other side of this. It's interesting. Um, Cincinnati was 6-7 and seven against the spread. Uh, this year, Alabama seven and six. So they both kind of flirted um, <laughs> right around that 500 mark. So not really a lot to learn there. Of course, both both teams were favored in almost every single game they played in. Uh, so that that's part of the reason why. Um, but I just like Alabama in here. I mean, Alabama in the playoff has been just historically, uh, they just beat teams that are not on the same level by two, three, 
scores pretty comfortably. So I kind of expect more of the same. I think Alabama gets on top of this pretty quickly, and I wouldn't be surprised if it looks uh, kind of similar to that Georgia game uh, from a couple weeks ago. Um, well, I guess now it was like a month ago, uh, but that that December 4th, Georgia-Bama SEC final, I think we could see kind of something similar where Cincinnati um, hangs around for you know maybe the first quarter, first half, but then all of a sudden uh, Alabama's just their their quality of talent just kind of um, gets out in front. So I'm getting that at minus 105 on FanDuel. Again, I'm only putting half a unit on it as well uh, because I wanted to put a bunch on another game. Um, let's move on to the Orange Bowl where we've got Georgia uh, as a touchdown and a hook favorite versus Michigan over under sitting right around 45 and a half. Um, let's see if that has changed. Uh, no, you can get it anywhere from, yeah, 45, 45 and a half. And it is still sitting at that uh, seven and a half. Um, you can get it at eight over in BetMGM. Do you have a play on this one? I do. I'm going to lay the points with Georgia. Um, this is These two teams are basically clones. Like they're the same team, um, except Georgia's talent is better. Um, I, so if you're a Michigan fan, what you, in your head, you've, uh, deluded yourself into thinking is that the win over Ohio state showed that your running game can run on anyone and that you ran on Wisconsin who had a dominant run defense and blah, 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 blah. You're going to be able to run on. They're not going to be able to run on Georgia. Georgia's defensive line is one of the best defensive line that's ever existed, um, in college football. So they're not going to get pushed the same way they got Ohio against Ohio state. Um, if they do get through the defensive line, Georgia's linebackers are really, really, really good. Now, as I mentioned before, without in my talk about Alabama, Alabama sort of exposed a bad secondary. Do I think Georgia, I mean, do I think that Georgia's secondary will get exposed by Cade McNamara and their ragtag group of wide receivers? I really don't. Uh, I think that's the only way to beat Georgia is to be able to be explosive in the passing game, get them behind and then make them have to play catch up because they're not really equipped to play catch up. It's why I think this game really is just the worst possible matchup for Georgia here is, I mean, for Michigan here is because they're the same team and they're not equipped to get out ahead of them in a way that they're going to score quickly. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's sort of the old Georgia boa constrictor, even if the game isn't pretty and it stays close for a little while. The talent differential here is going to just be too much, and the Bulldogs are going to win this game by two touchdowns yeah, plus. I, I don't think I agree with you completely. In fact, I'm changing one of mine. I'm changing one of my picks that I'm will have coming up, and I'm making this two units down on Georgia minus okay. seven. And I've a half. got a half unit on Georgia, and you can get it for yep, minus, I got a minus 105 at FanDuel. I'm with you. Everything you said, I completely agree with. I think this is one of those games that uh, Michigan sticks around like it's not a blowout like they're not down 20 points all game but it's also never going to really feel that close like it's Georgia fans aren't going to be sweating this one I don't think um, <clears throat> I think Michigan will stay within no. 10 to 14 points all game and then just not be able to to close the gap like you said the boa constrictor um, will come and just smother Michigan uh, if I was going to play a side in the total, I would take the under 45 and a half, uh, but I'm not going to do that. I will say um, this next game, the Outback Bowl, uh, was one that we had kind of highlighted as an interesting game with uh, Jahan Dotson versus Traylon Burks, two of the more 
exciting wide receivers coming out this year, but they both opted out. So we don't get to see that, but the Outback Bowl, January 1st, uh, 12 Eastern time, Penn State um, minus one, I think in most places. Um, is that is that what you're seeing as well? Oh, Penn State plus one, plus one minus and a half one, one, is what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. And then the total, one, the total one half, is yeah. sitting right around 48, 48 and a half. So, so do you have a, a, I, a bet? I have 48 and a half. I'm going because of what you mentioned with John Dotson and Traylon Burks being out in this game, both these teams will be missing their pretty much their key playmaker. Yep. Um, Penn State has not been able to effectively run the ball much this year. They're going up against um, an Arkansas team that at, during stretches looked fairly competent on defense. I wouldn't say they're good, um, but I think at times they showed themselves to be competent and they really only had a few embarrassing moments late in the year. Um I think that this is a game where um, neither team really finds much of a groove offensively. I, if I were to lean aside, I would lean um, just taking Penn State to cover because I just think, honestly, I think they're a better team than Arkansas if Arkansas doesn't have Traylon Burks. Um, but yeah, my only concern for this one is that Penn State does have a few players opting out on defense. They're missing... A uh, couple of linebackers and a safety in this game as, or yeah. And a safety in this game. So that's a little bit concerning because that does give Arkansas a little bit of a chance. But with that being said, I just don't see this one being a high scoring affair. So I'm going to take the under, I'm going to get it as high as I possibly can, which is 48 and a half over at FanDuel. I'm still finding it at minus 110 over there. And I'm going to put one unit. Yeah. Down on it. Uh, I, no, I, I lean the same exact way. Don't have an official play on this one, but that, that would be my lean. Uh, later on in the day, we we get the Citrus Bowl. Kentucky minus two and a half versus Iowa over under, sitting right around 44. Um, do you have a play in this one? I do. Um, so you remember that uh, Michigan team that steamrolled uh, Iowa? Yes. Yeah, they're nothing like this team that's going to play against or that I was going to play against this weekend, but it's the, what people think this team is. Um, Kentucky actually has a fairly explosive passing attack or at times they have an pa- explosive passing attack. But what's really key to that is that they have one really explosive player, uh, Wandale Robinson, who Iowa has not seen many people like this year. And I think he is the key to why uh, Kentucky is going to find offensive success in this game. As of right now, as of this recording, no one is expected to opt out for this game um, for Kentucky, um, whereas uh, Iowa is dealing with the opt-out of their starting running back, Tyler Goodson, which, as we all know, changes (laughs) everything. Um, But I had Kentucky as an 11-point favorite without adjusting either team whatsoever. So the fact that I can get them for two and a half points here, I'm going to jump all over that. It's a one-unit play for me. The only reason why it's not a higher play is just because I don't. I think Kentucky has a great chance to win this game if they just go and run the ball um, effectively and then give Wandale Robinson the ball without trying to do downfield passing. But because they really seem intent on being a downfield passing attack, uh, I worry that they'll maybe give up a couple of turnovers because while Iowa's defense is maybe got exposed a little bit as the season went on. 
they were still really good ball hawks and they were really good at generating some turnovers. Um, but I do think this is a game where the Wildcats are just a little bit better all game long. And if I don't even have to lay a field goal, I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. Oh, that makes sense to me. Um, I don't have a very good feel for this game at all. Um, <clears throat> if anything, I would play the under 44, which is super boring, which is why I didn't make my list. Uh, but everything you said sounds convincing enough. I was never a believer in Iowa, even when they were ranked super high earlier this year. So um, I, I, I support you and we'll be rooting for you. And I will definitely put a bet down on Kentucky uh, just so that I have some rooting interest as I uh, am struggling through my sure to be hangover on new year's day. Um, let's jump to the Fiesta bowl, uh, which kicks off right at the same time as the citrus bowl. We've got Notre Dame minus two and a half versus Oklahoma state cow versus the Oklahoma state Cowboys total sitting right around 45 and a half. Of course, Notre Dame will be out, be without their head coach, Brian Kelly, uh, who moved on to LSU, but Marcus Freeman should step up and be able to take care of business uh, fairly well as he was their defensive coordinator. Um, now, that being said, Kyle Hamilton is out. Um, they're excellent, absolutely amazing safety, who I think is a real game changer um, and probably, in my opinion, affects yeah. the outcome of this game more so than Kyron Williams, the running back for Notre Dame, who opted out. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm pretty sure you have a play on this one. I do not. I lean Oklahoma State, partially because of the Hamilton news. Um, also, Oklahoma State was just kind of fun to watch this year. Uh, I enjoyed watching their um, uh, Big 12 game while I was hanging lights up on my roof. Um, <laughs> that was that was a, a fun ending to a game. Uh, but, but where are you on this one? So I am on Notre Dame minus okay, two okay. in this game, which I found over at FanDuel. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Hamilton news. He He's actually the biggest needle mover on this one for me. I adjusted them down two points um, pretty much exclusively. Because he's going to be a high, much high first round pick, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Top I would love I would love my team to be if able he, to draft him. The dude is a beast. Honestly, if he if he doesn't if he is available at pick 10, it is a joke. He we're, we're talking about a guy who genuinely just makes an impact in every part of the game. And uh, I would say, uh, yeah, he he's special. The only thing that might keep him down is just because he missed yeah. some time with his injury this year, whatever. Yeah, but he affects them a decent amount, but he's also missed time for a, a fair amount of this season. So I don't, with them still having uh, Tommy Reese uh, and Marcus Freeman on staff, um, obviously with Freeman as the head coach, I don't anticipate any sub significant changes. I just think it's going to be a different body that's out there uh, at running back. And while I do think Kyron Williams is really, really good, um, he doesn't move the needle much for me here. Whereas I do think the loss of Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator makes a pretty big impact to Oklahoma State. I would adjust them down about a point. Um, and in that case, I would have Notre Dame favored by about six in this game. So it's not a huge edge that I'm seeing in this one. It's only about four points, but because I have that four point edge and I think you are more likely to see the Notre Dame team that you saw all year than the team you saw all year with Oklahoma state, because Jim Knowles is a creative enough defensive coordinator that basically there were, I mean, there were a lot of teams in this bidding war for him this offseason, And the fact that he is leaving before this game, which was not originally the plan, um, 
I would say that's that's you pretty excited for Ohio for State them. to land and him. Yeah. I'm very happy. He is he does some very creative things. He is an exciting coach. And that was one of your big um, big beats I, with Ohio State was just that the defense didn't make in game um change as much. They didn't adjust to what other teams were doing and, and mm-hmm. got got beaten in, in two really important games because of it. So uh, yeah, I, I think this could be a great I mean, move. Jim Knowles runs Jim Knowles runs a four two five, which is a base nickel defense, and his team ranked third nationally in run in run yardage. That tells you that he basically set up a defense that was doing things that would stop the run and still allow for there to be extra players in the secondary on the field. That's a creative coach. That's what you want to see out of your uh, defensive coordinator. I think that's really exciting. Um, I think without getting too nitty gritty and going, becoming an Ohio State podcast, I think there are interesting things that he could do. Like um, he basically play, so he plays a four uh, defensive line set, a four, as I mentioned, a four two five. But one of those linemen never puts his hand on the ground, basically, and they like move him around Kayvon a ton. Thibodeau did up at Oregon this year, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's kind of what we used to do with what Ohio State used to do with Chase Young, and they have some guys that are pretty well equipped. You could put, um, you could put linebackers in that spot. You could put, um, they have a, fo- a former five star, um, not JT Two Malau, uh, Jack Sawyer. You could put him in that spot. Hell, Wait, you could put JT Jack Tuomalau Sawyer in wasn't there. that the dude? But, oh no, that's never mind. I'm combining. I was no, Jack I was Bauer. combining the two lost characters, Jack and Sawyer. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Ohio State, let's move to that game. But it'll be real fun. We've got the Rose Bowl, baby. Um, Ohio State. It is the Rose Bowl, as everyone knows. The Rose Bowl the is granddaddy of them all, right? Um, it's so important that yeah. you guys don't so have Ohio any State. wide receivers. Well, 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 any whoa, starting whoa. wide receivers. Where so? Garrett, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are both sitting out this game. So is defensive lineman Haskell Garrett and starting left tackle Nick petit Friere. I did adjust the team down. I have to see this. I adjusted him down three points for that. That sounds insane that I'm only adjusting him that much when I'm getting rid of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Here's my logic. Oh, no. Who's going to replace Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave? The five-star? The other five-star? The guy who is the son of a former Hall of Famer? Or the other top 100 wide receiver that's right. on the team? That's that's where like they they don't really have insane depth that people think they do, but they've got their like their too deep is insanity. Um, so I would expect in this game to be either the breakout for Emek Egbuka or Julian Fleming. I say one of those two guys. I don't think it'll be um I don't think it'll be Marvin Harrison, although I think he's special. Um as for the offensive tackle that we're going to be missing. I think that one's a little bit more uh, worrisome. I don't like what they're doing. So they announced that they're going to play Thayer Munford, who was the starting left tackle in the 2020 season as the starting um, left tackle in Petit Freire's place. And they're going to play Matthew Jones at guard. I don't see a huge drop off in that, but I also don't like that because I'd rather see them move the guy who's going to start at left tackle out to left tackle next year. So Really, that's it. Um, my takeaway from this game, Utah's defense is pretty good. I don't think Ohio State's going to find the success that they normally do, but I also think their defense didn't like getting called soft for a month and a half, um, and I think there's a little bit of pride, so I think they're going to keep this game a little lower scoring. I wouldn't be shocked if Utah wins this game outright, but I do think that Ohio State's defense is going to give a better performance than they did against Michigan. Um 
So I'm going to take the under in this game. And honestly, I think my bigger sweat in this one is going to be um, whether or not Ohio State's offense is still clicking without Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And to be honest with you, that it should be a concern because in the one game Garrett Wilson did miss this year, their offense did look like it sputtered just a little bit. Yeah, I um. <laughs> I am with you on the under. So I'm, I'm kind of taking a different approach to this game. Um, one of my favorite things to do is those same game parlays that DraftKings lets you do. Um, I've had a lot of success with this uh, this year. So I'm, it's kind of like a teaser. So I'm, I'm, I'm playing Ohio State down to minus one and a half, and then I'm playing the under 74 and a half, and I'm getting that back at plus 105. Um, and I'm putting three units on it. I feel very confident that Ohio State wins this game. And I feel very confident that this is not going to be some crazy shootout. Um, Utah's offense is their passing yards. They're, they're ranked 94th in the country. Now, their rushing uh, attack is is a top 15 attack, so that that's good. Uh, but, but Ohio State, I think, is going to be able to do enough uh, to keep them from putting up a shit ton of points. Um, so, so I feel good about that. I, I, I think... Um, the loss of Olave and Garrett Wilson, to your point, um, is impactful and significant, but it's not going to be the difference between a win or a loss. It might be the difference between, you know, scoring 40 points and scoring, you know, 30 points. So I will take um, Ohio State uh, three units, minus one and a half and under 74 and a half. Um, again, yeah, this is going to be one. Hey, I'll be rooting for Ohio State big time. Um, if they end up winning by one, though, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so wait, I have to tell you a funny Christmas story. So uh, my stepdad went to Michigan. Um, he thought he was being funny when he came up to me and said, I'll make you a deal. I'll root for Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. If you and I literally didn't even let him get through the sentence and I just started yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <at him>. um, <laughs> Obviously, he was going to try and throw out the, I'll root for Ohio State if you root for Michigan. I'm just going to put this out there. That's We're on different levels yeah. of fandom. Um, and it yeah. made me go. No, I, I, I get that. that um, my it. buddy, I mean, Eric, who moved down to New Mexico, who I've talked about a few <clears throat> times on this podcast, he's in Disneyland right now with his family. And apparently, he's seen like all the whole, the entire Ohio state team and Utah team just hanging around around Disneyland. So, um, uh, mm -hmm. UCLA was, uh, found at SeaWorld the other day and now they got COVID issues. So let's see if this one gets played out. <laughs> it's the Rose. It's the Rose I mean, bowl. I won't be shocked if this is, it's a the Rose game. bowl. I'm sure they'll play it like no matter what, but it's still, uh, I will say the one thing that yeah should be noted is that California has stricter rules um, stricter requirements for testing than a lot of these other bowl games do. So there is a, there should be at least some minor, um, alarm bells up, but it does sound like Ohio state has not had any significant COVID issues yet, but they may go into this game down even more people than our list as the opt outs, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. And now too, deal. with this new five day rule being implemented as of like today, I think, um, it gives them a little bit more time. All right, let's uh, let's keep moving here. Let's keep moving here. We've got the Sugar Bowl, um, the nightcap of New Year's Day. Ole Miss minus uh, one and a half. Is that still what you're seeing? Um, yeah, minus one, minus one and a half. 
against Baylor. Um, the total sitting right around 55 and a half. Where are you on this one? So this is one of my favorite plays. So I'm actually putting two units down on Baylor wow. plus one and a half. I consider the money line on this one. Um, Baylor's been a team that my numbers have liked all year and they've treated me pretty well. I, I outright called the Oklahoma upset with them. And I think this is a similar spot where while Ole Miss is a good team and is probably still slightly um, undervalued by the general public, um, I think that Baylor is pretty well equipped to beat them. And I think Dave Aranda has a coaching advantage on almost everyone that he goes against. I think he's a really high quality coach and I think he is doing, he is the guy that is getting the absolute most out of his player. So the fact that I'm getting points here. So in theory, I could catch your, I lose by one right. scenario um, and feel okay. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with, but I, I actually think Baylor wins this game outright, but the odds really weren't special anywhere i think i was getting like plus 100 so even pretty much straight even money on the money line so i'm just going to take the one and a half to basically avoid the pain right. of a old miss decides to go for two with yes. zero seconds yes. left on the clock and right by one um because you know he would do that, do that. <laughs> um, so give me give me baylor plus one and a half minus or uh, at for two units i i got it at sugar house for one and a half at minus 110 and that is all of my plays, but we do have. Yeah, I was just going to give my lean would be Ole Miss, just because I, I, I love Ole Miss. You love Lane. Yeah, I mean, coach. I will say, uh, Aranda, to your point, um, he was the guy. I mean, I was hoping Lane Kiffin would come up to Oregon. I thought that would be fucking awesome. Um, but Aranda was my number two. Um, I'm happy with Lanning. I think Dan Lanning's going to be great, and he's really hired a wonderful staff up there with him so far. But. Um, uh, I love I love this Ole Miss team and, and Matt Corral is playing so um, I'll be excited to, I'll be excited to see what happens when this like really explosive exciting offense meets a really um, intimidating tough defense uh, something's got to give and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, I usually think that often a great offense beats a great defense but we'll see if I'm if, if I'm right on that one but uh, not a best bet for me uh, let's yeah this last game we've got the Texas Bowl um, which this game is definitely going to be canceled because of COVID just because it's called the Texas bowl. <laughs> I'm hundred percent sure it will. Oh, uh, we've got also because it includes <laughs> right. LSU. LSU, Kansas state, uh, Kansas state currently um, a three and a half point favorite. The total uh, right around 48. Uh, like you said, neither one of us has a bet on this. Um, if I had to choose something, I would probably lean Kansas State minus three and a half, uh, but feel gross about it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, Kansas State is a uh, gross team that I never, ever want to have money on. Um, but they're also not atrocious. Like, they're they're a pretty decent team on offense. They're, I mean, on offense. And they're um, meh on defense. They're, like, kind of right around average. Um, yeah, I mean... I. They have no significant op opt outs. They are getting rid of their offensive coordinator. Um, whereas LSU is basically with nobody. They don't have their head coach. So their, their head coach is going to be an offensive line coach. Um, they're going to be starting miles Brennan. At I don't think he's playing as people may. Yeah. He, uh, last I saw he won't be. Oh, it's he's out. Garris, Holy crap. Garrett Nussmeyer. Is that's, he starting now? Because what I'm seeing is that they may 
They may start Tavion Falk or Matt O'Dowd, neither <laughs> of whom are scholarship quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. This is, oh my God. You, what's the number? 48? Screw it. I'm the changing under. my Baylor one, two units. I'm taking the under on LSU and Kansas State. Dude, you have 11, you have 11 plays there, this week, you sick son of a bitch. I don't care. <laughs> How how often do I make plays? Let's go, baby. Like this, where something is just punching me in the face and telling me I have to do it. It looks like I don't have to lay juice. If I go to BetMGM, I can get minus forty eight without laying juice. Oh, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna or play 48, that. I'm not gonna make it an official bet, but I'm definitely going to Coward. bet it. I'm sorry. They're like so. The thought process with why they may be starting this quarterback for people who don't like train of thought. Uh, betting is effectively that Garrett Nussberger was a former high four-star quarterback, maybe even a five-star. Um, they are looking to retain his red shirt for the 2021 season, um, which means that they do not have Miles Brennan. They do not have Max Johnson and they don't have uh, Garrett Nussmeyer in this game. Um, I will also just put out there. There's some speculation. There's remains speculation that Keishon Boutte may not be super, um, in love with that program and could be on the way out. Um, they won't, they lost a bunch of opt outs midway through the season. This LSU team is a dumpster fire. Um, and if they can't score, then we're relying on Kansas state to get me, uh, worried about a 48. Right. Give me the under yeah, all day. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, who am I? Un- I never, unless, unless like we just see, tons of short fields because of turnovers and stuff like that. That that'd be the only reason your under doesn't hit. Yeah, but Kansas State does I'm not even sure Kansas State has the pace on offense to make yeah. me worry. Oh, I think it's a good call. I think it's a good call. Um I'll be I put I'm going to play that with you. I'm going to put money on that. Um I'm just not going to make it a best bet because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. And I really want that plus 105 in that Ohio State uh teaser, so Cool. Hey, that's the bowl games, man. That's We're going to be back with you guys to uh, talk through the, uh, what is it called? The national championship game. Uh, I'm sure national. I'm sure that will be a shorter episode, but we will get that out for you guys as well. Um, maybe we'll do like, I don't know, a couple first quarter, second, uh, first half bets. I don't know what we'll do. We'll have some fun with it. Um, I've already put money on Alabama as a national champion because I got it at like plus plus one forty or something like that. Um, so let's go. Let's roll tide or something like that. I don't know. That sounds disgusting. Um, officially, as uh, your two favorites are no longer uh, playing college football, you're going to have to switch this up. So let's see where you go here. Anything you'd like to leave our, our listeners with, Matthew? No, I, Jackson Smith and Jigba still there. Bye, Jackson there Smith and Jigba. Thank- also, don't let Chris Alabe fall go. to the second hey, round. Thank you all so much for listening. Good luck with uh, all the betting and sports watching. Have a great new year. We'll be back with you in 2022. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.